What's up everybody, this is your host Blessin and you're listening to The Bless Show, a podcast where we talk about the creative journey as a freelance business owner and as we interact with freelancers around the world, we take a look at what they have learned and what we can learn from them. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of The Blessed Show. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you guys are doing well. Before we get on the show, I just want to take a moment and thank our sponsors for this show. Skillshare has been kind enough to sponsor this show and exclusively offer their premium subscription for The Blessed Show listeners for two months. So if you head down to the show notes and if you check out the link below, you could try it out for two months Skillshare is an online platform that has more than 70 to 18,000 uh, 17 to 18,000 classes varying from photography, videography, web design, logo design, graphic design, social media management, all of that stuff. You say it and they have it. So if you are a creative person who would like to learn more online uh, and if you would like to try it out, head to the show notes and you will find a link down there. Uh, check out that link and you will have the free subscription for two months, the premium subscription for free. If you like, you can continue the subscription or else you can cancel it anytime. So check the show notes, head to Skillshare, learn more stuff, enjoy learning. So today we have one of our amazing guests, one of our amazing designers that I have known for a very long time. And if I am not wrong, I have been knowing him since I've started the freelance journey and he has been a great inspiration for us. So without any further ado, let me introduce to you Connor Fowler from the UK. He runs his business from the name C Fowler Design. You might be already familiar with his Instagram stuff because that's where most of his work is. So welcome, Connor. Welcome to The Blessed Show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you, Bless. Thank you for inviting me. And again, thank you for the kind words at the start. It's it's always very humbling to hear those type of compliments. So thank you very much. And yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure we've known each other for almost two years at this point. Yeah, it's been it's been so good. And uh, most of the people don't know this, but yeah, I've already mentioned it on your podcast as well. And a lot of people know this as well, that I looked up to you when I started out and you were a great inspiration for me. So that's always so good to learn from people like you and get connected. So I'm super happy. So whatever I have shared regarding you is all like true stuff, like all from the heart kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's really nice to hear. Okay, so cool. Uh, let's start the show and uh, I'll let you introduce yourself and uh, kind of, you know, tell a short brief. Of course, most of the people know what's your story like, but then again, also, if there are any new listeners, kind of share a short brief on how you started out and what is it that you exactly do. Yeah, sure, man. So I started out uh, working kind of on in in every single break that I had during college. So college in the UK is the last two years of high school. So between 16 and 18 years old, I always feel like I have to explain that. I don't know why there's just so many anyway. But uh, yeah, going through those two years, I learned rather than doing my coursework, rather than doing my essays, I spent every single break and lunchtime learning how to use the Adobe suite, learning how to use it largely uh, Illustrator and Photoshop and kind of built out my skills from there. So when I left school, I was actually able to 
go and work in a t-shirt printing shop, which was a good job, but I just hated the business. And then moved through to actually discovering what I really wanted to do, which was to work in design. So although I loved printing the t-shirts, I just hated the manual labor and the hot and the heat and all of that stuff. So I wanted to actually end up making the designs instead and building something out for myself. So to help fund that, I worked in the supermarket for just over a year and then decided to go freelance full time kind of with no network, no clients, no nothing. But all in the end, it's turned out pretty well over the last couple of years. And so now what I do is I largely work with consumer goods and uh, product based businesses to help them create identities and logo designs that create a a brand for them from end to end. So making something that's serviceable, just not from the start of their business, but will help them thrive into the future. And that's what I do right now. Yeah, awesome. That 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 is so good to hear that you know you have a prior experience to design as well, especially with the uh, the hardware knowledge. What I mean to say is, you know, how stuff works out, especially on prints and yeah. all that stuff. Because when you have that knowledge, that really helps you to understand how your client is actually going to process it, and you can design stuff and you can you know plan stuff based on that. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, learning those learning those print skills at the start was a really valuable thing, even just to see how it works. Because when you're learning these things right at the start, it just feels like, oh, I'm just going to put some color onto some t-shirts onto a screen and it's done. But there's a lot there's a lot more behind it that I don't think a lot of designers who largely just do digital work actually realize. Yeah. So do you do kind of, you know, this stuff? Do you do this uh, still now? I mean, have you tried out t-shirt printing again after you left the job? So the the last time I did any kind of printing and screen printing stuff was actually at Birmingham Design Festival last year. When Oh, yeah, I guess I see, I, I saw a picture of you kind of uh, doing something. Was that odd? Yeah, yeah. So at Birmingham Design Festival, there was a, a I think it was a, I don't know if they were a non-profit, but they were a really cool organization who were helping to teach uh, kids and groups how to do screen printing as kind of a, a, an actual skill to have for when they leave education. And I just kind of walked up to them and I was like, hey, I, I've done this before. Can I just have a go? And they just they just handed me the stuff and I just printed some, I think it was <laughs> a, I, I hadn't printed posters before. So they were using paper printing uh, rather than t-shirts, which is slightly oh. different but yeah. generally pretty much the same. But I, I do love the process of it. But unfortunately, it's just, it takes a lot of equipment normally. You either need yeah. a lot of time or a lot of space. And I don't have any of those. So maybe one day we'll get back into it and I'll be able to print some small runs and small samples for gifts yeah. or things like that. But not not recently. Okay. It's it's always good. I mean, I've been always curious to know how these things like work out, especially, you know, this t-shirt prints and all of that i haven't yet had the opportunity to visit a place that does this but then again if i ever get the chance to i would definitely like to try it out because it's it's really interesting it's really curious and i don't know it's 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 like soothing feeling you just feel satisfied when you see that especially when you do that so yeah it's always cool yeah for sure okay that's cool awesome so now that we know that what you do and now that we have listened to your story as well because most of the people know your story as well. So we don't need to get into any kind of detailed, you know, uh, interaction for that. So let's just jump on to the uh, question for today's episode. So the format of the show is like I pick 
questions uh, from the listeners and I asked them to share their questions so that we can discuss that on the show. Uh, either a solo episode that me talking about that or if we have guests, we can talk about that with them. So today's question is by Michael from Florida and here's what he asks. My name is Michael Tumlin and I'm from Florida and I was wondering what is the most effective way to show a potential client that you are worth your price? So this was today's question from Michael Tumlin and I'll hand over the time to Connor to share his thoughts and what he thinks about this. So Michael has sent in, I think, what is a really great question, Bless. And what is the most effective way to show a potential client that you're worth your price? So there's kind of two ways to look at this. Um, you don't walk, to kind of give you a real world example, you don't walk into a shop and go and pick up an apple and then go to the cashier and say, why should I pay this much? I think it's worth half this price. Yeah. Okay. So think obviously what we provide is a creative service. We're not providing like a finished off the shelf product typically. Yeah. But yeah. the best way to describe it and and if someone comes to you and says, "Oh, I don't think your work's worth that much." Well, firstly, this is some random person on the street who doesn't know anything about you. <laughs> yeah. Or exactly. random email or random phone call. They don't know probably very much about you. And secondly, what you're worth is determined by either yourself or the marketplace or um, loads of other different factors. It's and it's subjective. Mm -hmm. So exactly. When I saw this question that you sent to me earlier, the first thing that I said, uh, the first thing that I thought in my head was that you don't show your you don't show a potential prospect or client what your worth is. You tell them no, and you say thank you very much, but this is not going to be a good fit. That's what you say because. If someone comes to you and you say, okay, you go through the due process of you understand more about their business, you have a bit of discovery call, you provide them with a proposal, you've obviously kind of informed them maybe even before then the rough range of cost. I don't know, let's spitball some numbers here. Let's say um, they want a website done and you charge between ten dollars and $20,000, let's say. yeah. If they yeah. come to you and say, well, I think your work's worth about $5,000 instead, what do you do then? Do you just kind of run away? Do you do you say, "Oh no, it's okay. I really need the money. I'll 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 I'll, I'll let you pay five k." Um, what? There are people who do that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah there there are. There are. Yeah. And unfortunately, when people who when you do that, you just feed into this scarcity mindset. You feed into the negativity to say you're not worth this much. You then don't believe you're worth very much. You then start undercharging and then you start taking on every single job that comes your way rather than being yeah. selective with what you want to take on. So if anyone, so anyone who's listening to this at home, if someone, if you present a proposal to someone and they say, we don't think it's worth that much, we think you're worth less, or we want to try and push your price down or they want you to bargain with them, just say, it's not going to be a good fit, I'm afraid, and walk away. Because that type of person is just going to see you as an expense. They're not going to see you as a valuable expert in your field. They just want something done yeah. quick. They want something done cheap. They don't actually want someone to make a solution for them. They just want a thing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. the hardest thing to do is to say no. And the hardest thing to do is to be selective with the work that you have. But the less jobs you take on, generally, 
you'll probably have more money coming in because you'll be more selective about what you take on. You'll be charging what your worth is. And if I say, ultimately, if someone says you're not worth that much money, just say thank you very much mm-hmm. and walk away. Like it's, it sounds, some people would, t- I'm not sure about people in your community, Bless, but I regularly get people message me saying, oh, well, uh, I sent them a price of this and um, they said, oh, I'd be, I'd be happy to pay this much. And it's like, well, why mm-hmm. are you compromising? Like if they, if they, if this prospect saw you as a, a valuable expert and really appreciated your content and your work, then they wouldn't be trying to argue with your price. This is not an auction. Yeah, this exactly. is not a marketplace. You don't haggle. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so true. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's really something. This is a very great question, by the way, because this is something that has been in like everybody's mind when they start out, yeah. you know, because so so when you start, it's something like you feel like you need to prove your worth. Mm. You know, you hear a lot of like the big guys, the big guns sharing that they charge maybe like 10,000 to 50,000 to maybe like more than that for just logo. And you feel like, man, I've been doing that. And somewhere you feel like this is the exact same thing that I do. I mean, look at his work and look at my work. It almost feels the same. I mean, it's not like he's doing something like out of the, of course, they do out out of the box and that's the reason they're worth it. But then again, it's more about how you define your worth than what the prospect thinks your worth is you know so if if you feel like you need to prove your worth then you have really not uh, you know you have really not come up to a point where you have defined your worth yourself yeah i agree with that first thing that we need to do yeah the first thing that we need to do is first of all understand that what we are worth for and then go on and take projects as you have mentioned as you have shared you know like the less projects you take the less work you take the more you're going to earn and the more productive you will be because that is going to end up on the right fit projects that that really fits your like worth and really fits your work style or maybe your niche and and it's it's always like suggested as well with experts and you know you have people telling you who are experienced they tell you that just don't go and just work for the sake of working but you know analyze your projects analyze the prospect and then work accordingly so yeah i totally agree with the fact that you have mentioned like you should just say no and that's the hardest thing to do but then again that is what is going to lead you to a more productive and more successful path especially as a creative person exactly so to to kind of follow up from this now the next question if i was michael the next question would be well how do i how do I, obviously you've said no to this person, but then it's a case of, well, how do I showcase my expertise and showcase all of these good things that will help people or mean Mm. that I attract people who don't try and haggle or change my price? So how how would we go about that? So the the way I'd suggest that someone does that is to Mm -hmm. go back to the drawing board on terms of your process and really define Mm -hmm. what your process is. Because people, if you can't see, or if a prospect can't see what your process is, if they can't understand how you work, it's like shooting yeah. in the dark. They don't, they've, they've yeah. come to you and it's like a, it's like an unmarked door down a side street 
Yeah, you don't have a shop front, you don't have any showcase of work, you don't have yeah, any idea exactly. or process or blog or newsletter that actually showcases yeah. what you do or how you do it. You're basically like walking into a dark alley with a blank door and someone expecting to know exactly what's going on. So if someone comes to you, the best way, sorry, to backtrack on it, the best way to attract people who will value the work that you do and see you as an expert is to do the following. Make a ton of content, whether that's a blog, a YouTube, or Twitter, Instagram, or all of them, Dribble, Behance, all of them, whatever, but spend time curating and making content that actually reflects the process you have and the industry you are in. So if you are, for example, mm -hmm. a UI UX designer, write blog articles about UI UX design. Or if you're a logo designer, make an article that's called um, three things you need to know before making a logo design. Or 10 ways you could create a stronger brand by updating your logo, whatever it is. And yeah. by having all of this content and showcasing that you're active in your industry, that you're active in the community, people and potential clients will come to you and see that you are, you may not feel like one, but they will see you as an expert in your field and therefore they will respect you more when they when you present them with that price they will go perfect that's that sounds great that's actually even less than i was expecting to pay yeah, yeah obviously you don't want yeah. them to say it was less than they were expecting but that's a good sign that you are heading in the right direction exactly exactly so this is what you know this is where the like the very famous is it a proverb or i don't know what is it but then again it's like fake it till you make it and i think for a lot of front, you just have to kind of faking it in it's it's not in the sense that you're faking it and you don't have the caliber, but you know that I am worth this. But then again, for a third person who is not a designer, who is somebody who is somebody out of the design world and who is somebody who needs a validation, maybe to actually understand that yes, this worth is you know, this this worth is so worth for this amount of money or maybe this amount of package or maybe this amount of time. So sometimes you just have to kind of fake it. Fake it in the sense, not faking it for the sake of not knowing anything, but then again, faking it because you just need to kind of put it in front and let the prospect know that, yes, this is what it is. And this is why yeah. my work is worth this price. Yeah, and I think that's, I think you're right on in some of that with the term fake it till you make it it's it's been a tricky one for the last few years for that phrase because um a lot of people uh gary v obviously being one of these people he kind of slams that phrase pretty hard because of the fact that people use fake it till you make it as a way to hide their problems to lie to steal to manipulate and often people particularly you might see some people online who are like hey come and join my course like we'll help that and it's just a scam but they act they act and they 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 did fake it till they make it so they had nothing and with a few good photographers and a couple of good video editors it makes them look like yeah. they're a millionaire and that is a really good way to make it in some ways but when mm -hmm. you get to the top and people find out that you're a fraud that's yeah. the fastest way to fall yeah, that's that's what I was going to add when you said that, because it, it really is like, you know, misconceptualized by a lot of people. The fact, the phrase, the fake it till you make it, a lot of people misconceptualize it. But the fact is, even if you make it 
faking a lot of stuff even if you make it it's just going to fall as as quick you have made it yeah the fall is going to be like twice quicker than that i would say exactly and then it's harder to get out because you fall further it's not like you just go back to where you were you end up in a deeper hole so fake it till you make it don't just kind of you know like misconceptualize it and just you know regard it as a strategy that you should be following as a creative person especially because i you also might have you know addressed this that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in instagram personating that they are this designer yeah you know yeah so they steal designs they steal and it's so easy to steal designs it's so easy to just fake it in this digital world you can have tons and tons of resources from different people from different personalities and you can just personate that yes this is me this is my work but sadly the end is going to be much harder the end is going to be much disappointing for you and for everybody else who are connected to yeah, you yeah for sure now kind of on the flip side of fake it till you make it there isn't there's is a more positive way to look at it but i don't think it it's difficult to use the word fake it because or the words fake it till you make it because as you say like you have to take your own interpretation of it and when it comes to um going back to michael's question yeah. how do you show someone that you're worth your price well to me that sounds like michael has a bit of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. because or potentially does i don't know my sorry michael if you don't but you know <laughs> um so but the i the, the point of his question is he he's potentially feeling insecure about his own experience his own expertise his own worth and there is nothing wrong with telling yourself in your own mind mm-hmm. i am worth a million dollars exactly i am worth owning my own house i am worth having clients who like me or clients who respect mm. my process there's nothing wrong with telling yourself that because there's a lot to be said about now how much of this is mumbo jumbo i do not know but the idea of projecting or thinking what you want to happen and then that helps you helps guide you to that ending so if you're thinking i would like to have three really great clients this year who respect my process now that's quite a small goal but you could probably achieve that pretty quickly now by telling yourself that every single day you'll be taking steps towards that and that will help you feel that will be like that's like fake it till you make it in your own head because yeah. it's not affecting anybody else and there's nothing wrong with that and that may potentially help someone like michael um realize that their worth is a lot higher than it actually than they think it is totally agree yeah totally agree because you know i also feel like what happens is when i started out especially if i take my example and if i give you my example when i started out there were chat there were points and there were you know projects that people were like the clients were not ready to accept the the fact that my work is worth the price i am charging and i figured out that i am accepting wrong projects i yeah. figured out that i am i am working just for the sake of getting some cash flow man that's so hard I'm to just, get over yeah yeah and and the fact is that if 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 you're set with that mindset i mean if if you're into that mindset then it's so hard to come out of that and 
also i also uh, feel the fact that if you feel like your work is not worth the price you're charging maybe you're also being surrounded by the wrong people you know because what happens is there are people that suggest hey it's okay to just charge less and get more clients than charge more and get less clients and people will be like think about it you have five clients a month and you're charging less think about it you're going to have much more money than if you have less clients and that doesn't make sense of course but then again there are people those who encourage this strategy those who tell you that you're just starting out why don't you just go with that well the fact is if you just go with that you're going to end up with that only and it's so hard to come out of that mindset so i would suggest like when when you even when you start of course there are instances where you have to take low budget projects just for the sake of having experience and all of that i'm not considering that but then again once you know your worth you should not be afraid of charging much more and charging the way you want to also there is one thing yeah also there is one thing that i wanted to share is that there's this uh, there's this kind of uh, strategy that i have followed and i i have found it so much better is the fact that when a prospect comes to you and usually when especially when i'm talking about instagram stuff so they dm you hey how much do you charge for a logo just don't go and right away tell them that yeah i charge this much for a logo you have lost the race there you have lost your control your power everything so i i also feel that you might also agree with the fact that most of the like uh, the inquiries that you face on instagram they come up with like hey what are you doing i how are you doing what what's the charge for a logo yeah so my and, do you want to know my my favorite message bless my favorite yeah. message in the world yeah, i get recently on. which is hey do you do logos hey <laughs> hey do you design identities okay and i'm like you do you want to like look at my profile have you yeah. paid have you spent have you you've somehow managed to message me so clearly you've what <laughs> that's like my favorite message but you're you're right like when someone says um oh how much you charge for this how much you charge for that i just mm. i don't even i have a i have a quick reply saved that says hi thanks for your message really appreciate it to help me understand more about your project uh please yeah. head to my website and fill out the contact form i'll be back in touch shortly yeah. after i don't i and some people will be like i know is it jerome i can't i can never know how to pronounce his name uh I can't, uh, you know how I'm talking about. Um, I'm really sorry, man, if I can't pronounce your name. But he said in a group I was in um, that he responds to every single email and message um, as if it was potentially a live job. Now, I think that's a really good positive idea to have because in some cases it will just be that they wanted a quick response to see if you're a real person and then to follow up with you to do. And that's fine. But if you you need to stick to a same process. So my process is anyone who wants to contact me about work has to go through my website, has to go through the contact form because yeah. I need that basic information up front. And if someone's coming to you and saying, as you quite rightly said, bless, that mm -hmm. they're asking for a price and then you give them a rough, even just a rough estimate, even just yeah, a rough yeah. ballpark even figure. Um, yeah. Let's say, I don't know, let's say this is a representative for Nike and you don't really dig into who this person is and they come to you and say, hey, um, we're looking to launch a new product line. They don't say they're from Nike or anything like that. Um, yeah. How much would a logo be for this type of product? And you give them, I don't know, a ballpark figure of say, 
mm-hmm. I don't know, $200 to $500 or whatever it's <laughs> going to be. And they turn around and they go, oh shit, that's amazing. That's super, yeah, cool. We'll sign that off. And then yeah. you find out later. Because they were expecting $20,000. Yeah, or something. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but the point is that, as you said, you the second you put an estimate for money or a quotation down on the table, you hand mm. it over to them. Um, and what you need to do first is you need to get the control for the project, which is understand all the information about the business, understand everything about the client as much as possible, then provide them with the proposal. And then at that point, you should both be on the same page to which you kind of already know how much it's going to cost. You already exactly. kind of know the process. So it's not going to be a shock when you present them with the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. And as you have mentioned, you need to have the control over the conversation and over the project. And the best thing to have control is asking more questions. Yes. This is something that I have experienced. And also, this is something that most of the people suggest as well, that ask as much as questions as possible. That makes it more controllable and you have much more control than the client. And also the fact this is the scenario that always should be that you should have the control over a project, not the client. The client should actually, you know, accompany you and not like kind of have a right on you or maybe have a power on you whenever you're working on a project, whatever project it is. You should just have the idea because you are the expert. They're coming with a problem to get the solution. And you are the person who has provided the solution and you need to be con- in control of all of that. The fact you should always keep in mind is that never ever share your prices, never ever share even a ballpark figure as Connor mentioned, never ever share that right off when they come to you. Get in more conversation, get in the conversation, let them explain what they are looking for. And also the fact, Connor, that you mentioned that you have this process of, you know, getting into their your website and filling up the form that also makes it clear if that person is actually willing to go and do that, that also shares the fact that he's interested in taking this project on yeah. with you. If they're willing to go and fill out a form, and I, I, my form's not even that long right now. I'm going to go back and change it this week. It's one of my, one of my things for this month is to go and redo my website and resort that out. So the ability to, or the desire for someone to spend the time to fill out a few short questions, if they're a serious business owner, if they're serious about this project, if they're serious about investing time and money into a solution and not just a pretty picture, then the likelihood of them filling out the form is much higher. And I find this quite a lot. I mean, I have an email sat in my inbox right now that basically says in, because I mean, one of the big issues I have with Instagram, the literally one of the only issues I have with Instagram is that if you have a business profile, you have to have a mm-hmm. form of contact on the button. Yeah. Okay. So this this is um it's either what is it like your address, uh your email or your mm-hmm. phone number. And that's a real pain in the butt mm-hmm. because currently the email address I have attached is just my uh main inbox, which means that potentially people instead of going through my website, they just circumnavigate that and just email me directly, which is a real pain. But I'll figure out a way to fix that anyway. But I literally have an email in my inbox right now that is one sentence and it says how much would it cost for a logo i already have the idea and i'm just i it's been sat here for four days obviously while i've been on holiday um and i haven't touched it yet and i'm gonna go to it and and 
I will politely say, if you'd like to discuss working together, please head through the form um, and go through there. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with doing that. You need to be sticking to a process. You need to be sticking to your way of working because if you don't, something will slip up along the way. And as you quite rightly said, bless, you'll end up just being a technician and your client will just say, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And you'll just say yes. And you'll just, yeah. you won't be a professional at that point. You'll just be someone who is, <laughs> someone who's pushing buttons for the sake of earning a bit of extra cash. Like it, it, you don't benefit yourself or your mentality. Exactly. That's, that's, pretty much important and that's pretty much that most of the budding designers also should you know stick to the fact that you need to have control your over your conversation with your client and with your project fun fact i recently got a comment on my post and i am not sure i am sure but then again i'm sure that it was bought you know it was a bought comment and it said it said uh if you ever need a logo please don't hesitate to contact us and, That's such a bad bot. Because <laughs> what they've done is they put the hashtag in for like, logo design. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, how crazy can you to target these accounts that that themselves are logo designers? I was like, what? I didn't even respond. And I was laughing out loud because the fact that, you know, they, they send this. And I was taking a look back at it over and over again to just have a laugh, you know, because they said, and, and it was so shady and it was like, no, please don't hesitate. Just, just contact us and uh, we'll get the logo done. And I was going to comment. Yeah. If you're doing it for free, yeah. just let me know. <laughs> I would, it's one of those things where it's, is it worth just following it up for like a bit of a giggle to see whether it's really going to be serious people yeah. on the other end. But no, I, just to kind of jump around that i think it feels weird because if we're looking back two years ago bless the these types Mm -hmm. of comments and these bots and this stuff they were super rife they were everywhere um they're not so bad anymore because they get clamped down on but you're right like you'd go on you'd go on someone's design post who had a really high quality like high quality post it got really high engagement and there'd be like 10 or 20 bots on there just all saying, hey, if you need a logo, please check us out. And it's like, why the <laughs> hell would anyone be looking at this post to see their... Co- why the- I, and, and now I'm, I'm seeing that one step, one level higher, which I think is just more mm-hmm. um, people's naivety or even ignorance. But I'm getting adverts on Instagram for people trying to sell design yeah. services. And I'm like, how... You, you what why are you targeting people interest like what <laughs> yeah you know that doesn't target- make sense that doesn't make sense it's like, you're yeah. targeting business owners not designers like i think what they've done is they've gone on the interest section and yeah. then just type please show this advert to people who are interested in logo, logo design, design graphic yeah. design and it's like no because that's not who you're oh my god it's just it's that yeah, it's, it's really that bottle thing but someone's paid for it like it's just it's really kind of crazy. sad and yeah, but it definitely acts as a you know factor of uh, giggle and laughter for you. That's something yeah. we did also as well. It's ent- it can be quite entertaining to see bots like yeah. that, and it's really crazy. Sometimes I just get back to them and I say, uh, "Go home, bot. You're drunk," or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> uh, okay, so 
I think we have answered the question. Oh yeah, uh, I think much. we answered it about twenty minutes yeah. ago, Bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that led on to a lot of things that are connected to it, and I definitely feel that uh, if you have this kind of question, you should be also knowing the factors that we have discussed. Definitely. And uh, in a nutshell, if we if we wrap the question up, it will be like you should never ever, you know, like focus on proving your worth. that should not be your uh, primary objective as a creative designer or maybe as a freelance business owner that you should you should not be going back and forth proving your worth to your client but then again you should you should have this control over the conversation or maybe over the project that the client feels like yeah this guy is worth the price that he's charging and i should just stick to what he says and uh, i feel like you know the client should always say this to you i feel like i just we need to give you the creative freedom just feel free as you want to do because i know that whatever you're going to end up with is going to work for my brand so you need to reach to a point and how are you going to reach to a point is the fact that you should have control over your conversations what is what is what is it that you would like to add on to this i think ultimately you've summed it up pretty well the you to kind of give a more practical side you're right Now the practical step to kind of summarize this quickly is go and make lots of content related about your process and the industry and helping people understand what you do and make sure what you share is valuable yeah. and then people who bless us just described will come and find you. Yeah, you won't have to go mm-hmm. chasing them, exactly. you won't have to be haggling with them, you won't have to be trying to prove your worth. they will already see the work and the industry expertise you have and whatever you present them with yeah. in the end will be what they're expecting so exactly so in a nutshell if you want to want the answer you just didn't need to hear our blabber all this while <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's just the fact that you should be present in most of your uh, social media platforms where you need to you know like present your work and also have a control over your conversation when you have with your clients maybe prospects or maybe anyone else you feel like they should they will end up working with you and also the fact somewhere a little bit fake it till you make it and just take it as as it fits your requirements and as it fits your environment i don't mean when you fake it i don't mean like just go and tell them hey i've did this work for Nike and I've did this work for you know Adidas or anything and just don't fake it like that way but what I mean is you know just sometimes you just need to tell your client show your client that this is the reason I am worth the price but in a very subtle way so yeah I think that pretty much sums up the question and uh and th- that was so cool that was so cool I I didn't expect that we would end up in so many topics when we were covering this one question. I think there's a lot to be said about it and a lot that is going in different directions that has to be covered. You can't just kind of cherry pick one thing. Yeah. You have to kind of like take all of them. You have to like shake the whole tree to get exactly. all the information. Exactly. Um and yeah, well thank you for the question Michael. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a really cool question and I really appreciate the fact that you have took the time out and ask this question also thank you very much connor for being on the show 
Uh, and this is the first episode, and I am so honored and so pleasured that uh, you accepted to be on the show and uh, give your expert advice on this question. Thank you very much for having me, Bless. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you inviting me. Yeah. So where can people, yeah, where can people find you? You can plug in your stuff. Okay. So you can find me at C Fowler Design on pretty much every platform. So that's LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Dribble, Behance, and my website, which is connorfowler.com. As I said, new stuff's going to be coming pretty soon down the pipeline. So yeah, go and check that out. Oh, and my podcast, The Fowler Hour. You can go and check that out as well. Bless has been on that. And yeah, it's a really fun episode too. So thank you very much for having me on the show, Bless. I really appreciate it. So thank you guys. And uh, this is all for today's episode. I hope that you guys have liked the episode and that I hope that we have shared the information that might be beneficial for you as a designer or maybe as a business owner or maybe as just as a general person, you know, just take these advices. Maybe who knows? where you're going to use them. That's all for today. I'll talk to you on the next one and I hope you have a good day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bless Show. If you liked the episode, do consider subscribing so you're notified of all the new episodes. I would also really appreciate if you could kindly take a moment and leave us a review on your podcast app. Also share it on your Instagram and Twitter profiles and tag me at BlessCreatics for a shout out. Creatics spelled as C-R-E-A-T-I-C-S. That's it for today, guys. Talk to you on the next one. Peace.